guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to take a minute and thank our incredibly generous sponsors, Custom Concrete Specialists, PML Construction, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Liquid Trucking, Risk Skill Consulting. Thank you one and all. We really appreciate your support. Now today's episode. I don't even know what day it is. Good morning, everybody. This is Doug. Welcome back to What's the Hazard. It is Friday, um, November 10th, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct. Marine Corps birthday. Happy Marine birthday. Corps birthday. Yep. Fantastic. Well, why don't you why don't you actually say cuz I as a c- civilian, ah. I don't really have any right uh, <laughs> Well, happy birthday to all my brothers and sisters out there. Uh Semper Fi, thank you for your service and then I think you're going to talk um Veterans Day, but happy early Veterans Day Absolutely. to all you folks out there. Well, thank you for yeah, your service, you man. Bet. I appreciate thank it. And you. I wanted to ask you that before we got started because Tomorrow is Veterans Day, November 11th, mm-hmm. um, a very special day, a day that uh, I think we all could do a little bit better with gratitude and appreciation. I know there are many of us that understand the, the magnitude of service, and um, hopefully we are grateful in expressing that gratitude, you know, with sincerity to our, you know, our, our family and friends and other folks that have served the country. But I do have a little bit of uh, trivia for Veterans Day. Um, more fun facts, really. This is not this is not intended to stump anyone. Um, first of all, I better in- introduce my guest. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> You're fine. This is Ezra Schleck, yep. and you are currently with Marsh McLennan Agency. Correct. Yep. Inspro to the local folks. Inspro. Yep. Yeah, people so that might Inspro, understand Marsh Inspro. McLennan. Absolutely, yep. man. And so, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. We've been circling around each other for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think we'll go back and talk a little bit about how you got into the safety field and. The different stops that you've made, you've had, you've hit all the big three. Something you know, like you've that. worked for a plant, you've worked for a company, yep. you've worked for the government. Mm-hmm. Now you work as a consultant in a yep. third-party capacity. So, I, in my mind, those are the big three. Sure. So we'll talk about that journey and how you got into this, and maybe a little bit about your Marine Corps service, if you don't mind. Yeah, we can talk. Be willing a little to share that, that a little Absolutely. bit because with Veterans Day tomorrow, um, I do have a few fun facts. Just looked these up this morning, but. Um, 19 million, approximately, veterans in the United States. Pretty big number. That number may be increasing, in fact. I don't know how old this data is. Women make up about 13% of veterans. I would not have guessed that number quite so high, but that's interesting. Did you serve with any women? Were there women um, in the Corps? That would maybe there seem are. to be the... So I was um, an infantry guy, so we mm-hmm. kind of lived on our own little island. I mean, we're the best, right? So they put right. us on an island. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But there were um, in the S shops or like the admin folks um, typically. Um, mm-hmm. And then they do some other roles. I served with some women um, when I was in Afghanistan. They were part of the FET team. Okay. Female engagement team. Okay. And they did, you know, females can only search females, that type of deal. I gotcha. It was yeah. interesting. Last night on the news... There was a very short report about a woman who was actually like uh, an attempted assault. She was running yesterday morning over in Council Bluffs. I think she was in town on business, and someone tried to assault her, or uh, and she was able to fight them off. And she was actually like the first female fighter pilot in one of the services, and she oh, was really? in town for something, and I thought... She's a badass if she's a fighter pilot, <laughs> and that guy picked the wrong victim. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Good so I'm her. glad. I'm, hopefully she was unharmed yeah. and everything worked out all right, and they caught that piece of shit. But anyway, uh, veterans. Oh, so Veterans Day. This is interesting. This one's for my mom. 
Veterans Day, there is no apostrophe in Veterans Day. You know, it's NS. There is no N apostrophe S or anything like that. I thought that was kind of interesting. I would just, <laughs> I let my phone do that. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else finds that. My mother and I probably find that interesting. Grammatically correct. Grammatically right. correct. That's how, they, that's how they intended it. Originally known as Armistice Day, which I did know. I think it is the uh, anniversary. An- Armistice Day was a, the anniversary of the end of World War One. So it became Veterans Day. Um, and if you have not been tomorrow at 11 o'clock at Arlington Cemetery, they will do at the Tomb of the Unknowns. Um, they will do their ceremony for Veterans Day, which I imagine is fantastic. My, I've not been. Oh, my gosh, it's impressive, man. My, my family and I went to D.C. a few years ago, took our boys there, went to Arlington, of course, because you have to go to Arlington Cemetery and um, watched the, you know, the procession, mm-hmm. the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknowns. Incredible. Uh, I imagine tomorrow was a really special uh, occasion for that, for that ceremony. But anyway, thank you, one and all veterans. I and we sincerely appreciate your service. And, um, yeah, I hope, I hope you get the uh, – is there a free meal thing tomorrow? Oh, all over the place. Are they good, yeah, man? Do you partake in that? No. You won't no. get a go free breakfast? I think no. some of my buddies will go get a free breakfast or something. I, you know. I hope they do. I hope people take advantage of it. It's yeah. a nice gesture. It right? is a nice gesture. And, uh, it's, it's appreciated by a lot of people. I know that. But, yeah, coff- free coffees, free breakfast, <laughs> oh, free nice, lunch, man. free lots of free stuff. Yeah. Good deal. So let's talk about you a little bit, man. I mean, yeah. um, I, I'm always interested in how people get into the safety profession. But let's start with your service. What what uh, led you to? I'm yeah. assuming you enlisted. Yep, there was I did. No- yeah, there was a there was a couple uh, hards for me. Right, I told the recruiter. I said I, I'm going to be this, or I'm not mm-hmm. going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an O3, which is the designation for infantry. Okay. Um, so- is this a family business? I mean, you no. have family in the military, or what nope. led you to? Um, I'd, just seemed like the right thing to do, or at the, in the moment it was... Yeah, it was a little bit of a, I'm a patriot at heart, mm-hmm. right? And then a little bit of, I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. I still don't, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm um, with you, man. Me too. A little bit of that, a little bit of, um, you know, my, a couple of my friends did it, um, grew up shooting guns, that type of thing. Absolutely. Um, so I'm like, well, let's, let's do this. And of course, I get sucked down. You know, I watched all the military movies, and the YouTube was just kind of getting fired up back then. Um, so I watched all those videos and got super excited and I'm like, well, let's do something I can't do mm-hmm. in the civilian world. So I decided I'd be a machine gunner. Oh shit. Yeah. Was that awesome? It was cool. Yeah. I'll bet. A lot of fun. Yeah. Very good. Man. I, I, you know, the, uh, movie American sniper, mm-hmm. similar story, uh, Patriot wanted to serve. It was right after nine 11, of course. And yours was shortly after nine 11. It sounds like. I was in from 8 to 12. 8 to 12, yep. so a few years after then. Yep. I wasn't old enough to get, okay. the, get the old <laughs> push, and, push and Felicia. You look young, but yeah, that's pretty damn young. You're about almost the age of some of my sons, it sounds like. But. Yeah, I'm 33. Okay, very good. Yeah. Well, for 33, man, you've done a lot. Got a lot of miles. Yeah, so how did you get into safety then in the first place? Well, um, I get out of the Marine Corps, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and this was pre LinkedIn, Glassdoor, all that stuff. Indeed, um, so got a found a deal on Craigslist, right? So I was working construction, and I called this guy. 
I had AT&T at the time, still don't have service with AT&T, so don't get it. Um, (laughs) So I'm walking around the backyard looking on the phone, trying to get service to call this guy. I told him a little bit about my background. All right, I'll see you on Monday. So that was the Saturday after I got out, came home on a Friday. Saturday, called that guy, start pouring mud on on Monday. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I dabbled in school. Lots of people go to school for Mm -hmm. nine years. Um, they're called doctors as Tommy boy reference for those folks that, that didn't get that. <laughs> right. Um, I went to school for nine years and I'm a safety guy. <laughs> right. So it was on again, off again, school, um, on again, off again, construction, concrete, uh, moving snow, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I did work once upon a time. Um, and then a family friend recommended, Hey, why don't you try safety? I'm like, okay, cool. So I took a bunch of safety classes at the council here council. in town. Mm-hmm. Um, Ran down that rabbit hole, and at one of those classes, there was a guy that worked at a business in town where I was living, and struck up a conversation. I'm like, hey, I'm going to lead to something, maybe, maybe not. A couple months later, give me a call. Intern there. Three months go by. This is back when Southeast was doing uh, quarters and not mm-hmm. semesters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not pushing your hand, but I need to register for classes if I'm not going to hang out. The next day, they offered me a job. I was there for, oh, gosh, I don't know, a handful of years. Okay. Um, and then from there, I went to go work with Jim. So this was the steel business? Yep. On the steel yep. sides. Did, did we have interaction at that yep, point? Yeah, I, th- came I out. thought we did. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where yep. we first met. First met, yep. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking yep. when I'm driving over, yeah. Doing the, uh, the old silica piece. The silica yeah. piece, exactly. Fascinating. Uh, it's a really interesting plant. It is. And very, that is an interesting business to get your, you know, your yeah. chops or yeah, however you start. Yeah, cut your teeth on safety real fast. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, baptism by fire. Right. Almost quite literally. literally. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Man, I, I still, when I go yeah. over there to this day, I'm still amazed at the, you know, it is this weird combination of medieval technologies and modern yeah. metallurgy and all of that, you know. Yeah, it hasn't changed Working on much, dirt right? and stuff. And, you yeah. know, it's just really amazing. Yeah, it's it's a special breed of guys to work with, right? Because that's definitely not for the faint of heart. Definitely not. So, yeah, you, I mean, you dabble so, in almost everything, 1910 in yes, that world. Yes, exactly, which I thought is really fascinating. And it's a fun place to, as an industrial hygienist, I really enjoy going in there and just yeah. watching the guys work. but. Yeah. So you worked for Cover. Yep. Then I worked for Jim and the crew over there for a handful of years. That was a lot of fun. Um, that, good educational piece, too. Oh, yeah. You get a lot of training. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jim talks about it all the time, right? You know, side by side with the the mm-hmm. big boys. And I joke and tell people, you know, I, I work for the good OSHA historically. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I get all the same training, so I know most of the, the dirty, dark secrets mm-hmm. and um, now I'm here on the on the good side. Right, you're a consultant now. Yeah, and loss control. Loss control consultant's my official title. So, so in my mind, you have had all the big three jobs: working in the private sector for a, mm-hmm. for a company for that facility. You are responsible for a facility, and then you went and worked for the government. And even though it was the con- consultation side of the government, the bureaucracy is thick. It is the government. You're working, like you said, side by side with the regulatory agency. Mm-hmm. You know all of the secrets and the inner workings of that. And then you go to work as a consultant. So those are the big three in my mind. So talk about a little bit of what you do as a consultant now, because loss control is something that I've never done. Sure. Yeah, it's... And uh, interesting. It is. Loss control, you know, when we talk losses, I mean, risk, 
safety. Those are giant umbrellas, right? Mm -hmm. Big buckets to get put into. So what it looks kind of high level for me, um, I I still do lots of mock OSHA stuff, right? Because that was my bread and butter for Mm -hmm. a few years. Mm -hmm. So I do that. I do trainings, whether it's 10,000 foot view or we run down rabbit holes, you know, fall protection specific mm-hmm. or confined space, powered industrial truck, right? All of the all of the things. Wow. Um, I help with written programs, um, training, toolbox talks. Um, I do, I sit in on inspections, yeah, opening, good. closing, informals. Yeah. Um, keep an honest man honest there. <laughs> um, I'm sure that's comforting to your clients to... Have somebody that knows the, the the system present. Well, I think so, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, similar to Jim, I come in at a good price for those folks, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all value add right. for them. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. So are you also is part of your responsibility property and stuff as well? Or I mean, I don't I don't dabble in property. Is that no. a separate side of the business, or does someone else do that? Typically, or? that's going to be the carrier themselves. Okay. Okay. I ride along on some of those just to deconflict airspace um, okay. to help, you know, the insured feel at ease because they, they know me. I'm on their team. Um, one and two, sometimes you need to, you know, similar to our friends from the government, sometimes they get caught up in, you know, being regimented and it's got to be this way. And you're like, no, I don't, it doesn't have to be that way. This mm-hmm. is a recommendation or whatever that right. looks like. So, right. A little bit more pragmatic approach, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. helpful because you do have experience. You've actually worked. You know, I tell people like somewhat jokingly, but I've never actually worked. You know, I've been doing safety stuff for quite a long time, and it's mostly just observation, training, mm-hmm. you know, um, assistance, sure. consulting or something. So, man, I mean, I I don't really have any skills, you know. Yeah, when I do <clears throat> 10 hours, right, I start off just high level in my background, you know, so they understand that I did work once upon right, a time. Right, and I'm sure they yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, and, you know, the my phrase is always, I've done all the things I'm going to tell you not to do. Mm-hmm. So it, it helps Which gives me credibility, man. be relatable to them. Absolutely. And, you know, I understand that, you know, some of these things slow you down, right? But once you get used to it and that's what you do, that's what you do. So mm-hmm. you just got to live it, breathe it, do it. Um, and you'll be just as fast before, right? So in the Marine Corps, the, the motto was always slow is smooth and smooth is fast, mm-hmm. right? When we're clearing rooms and teaching, you know, junior Marines how to do that, and they're they're loud and clunky and jerky. They look like robots. <laughs> right. It's like pump the brakes. We need to relax. Right. Slow right. is smooth and smooth is fast. Right. You'll glide through these things. And if we do that, you know, in the safety space, Mm-hmm. You know, if we we set people up for success, I think that's beneficial. How long does it, this is kind of off topic now, but how long does it take people to learn these new habits? When you go in there and you're trying to instill some of these new, you know, I mean, oftentimes we're breaking old habits that can be difficult. They're just used to doing things a certain way. I know that you do quite a bit of consulting in the construction sector with having had a background in construction. How long does it take these guys, if they are, motivated to do so to adopt these things and really you know like you come back a year later and it looks like they've made progress or can it be done six months or what, what's your experience with that uh <laughs> does it happen <laughs> all, all, like all over board. the board um oftentimes it's you know sometimes it'll take 
right? So I, I like to show photos and videos to get that point seated home, right? Because that will stick with people, right? Similar videos to videos that you have sh- taken, uh, or all of the that, above, yeah, okay. yeah. A lot of them I steal from the internet. But, okay, okay. Um, you know, it, it drives the point home, right? I, similar to Chris, right? I like to tell stories and make that relatable because people remember that. They do. Um, tough to follow up off of that podcast this week so oh, i was no. excited because it's my birthday oh good um, for you. yeah man so um, this is your birthday no it's not my birthday it's the marine corps yeah it's the marine corps okay. birthday but i don't know any marines that say i'm a former marine or i'm an ex-marine you're a marine right yeah I mean, they say once once always right yeah so could you yeah. be called back up to service in the event of an emergency or something so yes and no um not anymore um, there was a period of time yep so there's a period of time so you do all contracts are typically eight on the front end. So you do, depending on if you go to a special school or not, is going to drive what the front half of that enlistment looks like. Mm-hmm. If you're not anything special, like I was, right, just a just a knuckle dragger, it was four. You're pulling four, triggers. Yeah. So four years on the front end and then four years IRR, inactive, ready, reserve. Uh, okay. So in those four years... You know, for a total of eight. So if you sign a five-year or a six-year on the front end, then it's only three or two on the back. Gotcha. So within that window, then okay. they can pull your ticket instead of having a draft, right? So gotcha. that's kind of how they circumvent that. Okay, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yep. It makes sense. And then after you, know, you have you all these highly trained mm-hmm. individuals that rather than try to train a bunch of idiots coming. Yeah, in. well, with everything that's going on in the world right now, it's – the scary space it is you know? isn't it i was there was a few generations after me and when i say generations you know just a couple three years right mm-hmm. so every year cycle right is a, a new breed of people um so um junior marines is the the pc term um <laughs> the old old core guys call them boots uh-huh. um boots boots yeah <clears throat> okay i think some of the army guys call them cherries Um, things like that. But all of, not all, but a vast majority of folks with actual combat experience are gone. They're out. Mm -hmm. They were sick of playing games or they got pushed into, you know, an admin role or getting into a B billet, doing a different job than what they Mm -hmm. really wanted to. So they got out or they, you know, all of the Fallujah vets are, you know, the 0304 guys, mm-hmm. they're retired, right? Their retirement age, that's 20 years ago. And do your 20 and you're done, wow. right? Yeah. So all of the experience, you know, just like a, a seasoned employee, right? All of that knowledge, they retire, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens here, right? But you can pass some of that knowledge down. Some of it you just got to do. <clears throat> I would imagine unless you actually see that level of intensity, combat. Yeah, and it's, you know, you really? there was a reason that people got hazed, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, they do it in boot camp, more structured, right? Mm-hmm. And then you do it when you get to the fleet, right? You get to your duty station, you get hazed there too. Mm-hmm. I remember my <laughs> my roommate at the time, he left his uh, book of knowledge, his Marine Corps Bible, out on this little table in our room. And you had to half master curtains for the day when you were gone and somebody looked in there and they saw his, the Bible sitting out, which was, you can't do that. <laughs> Forbidden. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So they made this kid. We lived kind of in, in a bowl and way up at the top of this hill was a big like cell tower type deal. And they're like, you see that tree way up there? 
Yes, Lance Corporal. I want you to go get me a, tr- a leaf from that tree of knowledge. He'd run all the way up there a couple hours worth, come all the way back down, give it to him. Oh, not that leaf. I wanted a different leaf. <laughs> that's not the leaf. No, so he had to go back up and get a different no, leaf. Shit. But you can't but do that But that's part anymore. of it, right? Well, I mean, that was part of the hardening and the uh, yeah the process. It, you know, part of the building that camaraderie, the trust, the trying to get mm-hmm. everybody in the right headspace. But you can't do that now. We don't do that. If you do, you get in trouble. Or if you get caught, you get in trouble, mm-hmm. right? Do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. So it's a different breed of people, whether they want to agree with it or not. Can you develop skilled warriors without doing a certain amount? I mean, is that that seems difficult. I think there's a you have to be a good leader, good instructor, good mm-hmm. with words to get people in a headspace where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it achievable? Yeah, but instead of you know a real short learning curve, the learning curve is mm-hmm. a lot bigger, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's different breeds of people that you know you say, "Hey, this is why we wear safety glasses," and you always see them in them, mm-hmm. or you repeatedly tell somebody, "Wear That's your glasses, wear your glasses, wear your glasses." Right. So we see it in the safety space. Mm-hmm. It's no different in the military. Okay. Interesting. What about military service? prepared you for the work that you're doing now. I know a number a number of my former colleagues at OSHA had served, had been in the military. Um, I worked for DOD for seven years, and so a number of those, in the guys that I worked with and gals there, were also former military. And they, they seem to do very well, specifically in the government service, but in safety in general. I think um, I'm a smart man, right? Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's that structure Mm -hmm. It's regimented, you know, it's, you're waking up at whatever time you do this, you do that, like your day's built out, you know, there's a rank structure, you know, we don't fraternize, we don't jump rank. Mm -hmm. And I think you see a little bit of that in the government, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that I think translates well. And then there's a book that we follow. Right, you know, 1910, 1926, or you know, all of the other. Okay. Um, and so they can look up. Here's the answer. So I think that translates well. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think it's different for everybody. So did right? did your time then? I guess your time with the state didn't add to your <clears throat> federal time. Probably not. That, no, that wouldn't be the case. I know there were a few guys that came to work for OSHA who had been in the military, and then they wanted a, a little bit of additional federal service time. So they came to OSHA, or they probably went to other agencies, perhaps, right. or things like that. But they seemed to fit in really well. They they certainly handled the frustrations of bureaucracy better than people who had not had any experience with that. Yeah. That crushes a lot of people. It does. Man. It's false motivation is better than no motivation. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, misery loves company yes. type of deal. Um, and you just you get comfortable being uncomfortable or mm-hmm. comfortable hating life and Mm -hmm. all of the above but you're doing it with your your brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. right your friends that is interesting that that is one of the so i i never served and in retrospect i don't know if i would have been good or capable but i think i've always believed that maybe everybody should do a little bit of service i don't know if i you know that mandatory service thing like in israel necessarily but but uh maybe there is would be a benefit to everybody having some level of I think, I think a little bit, you know, and early on I was of an advocate for that. I'm like, everybody should do it. So they understand Mm -hmm. it. 
similar belief to everybody should ride along in a tractor trailer so they understand how fast those guys can't stop right how fast it takes them or how long it takes Mm -hmm. them to get going so they understand, you know, oh, they got wide turns or backing. Mm-hmm. Certainly they shouldn't drive, right? But they should at least ride along, you know, as you get your operator's permit or driver's mm-hmm. license. There should be a box there where they ride along with that, right? I love so that. they have an understanding there. I personally don't think many people should have driver's licenses. You oh, know, it's scary. Um, I, you know, we, I think we just kind of give them away, and I don't certainly don't think of it as a right. You don't have a right to be a driver. It's a privilege, and you have to be able to demonstrate some competence. And every time I drive, every morning that I drive, I'm frustrated oh, with yeah. the insanity. But I think your comment about the truck drivers in particular is an interesting one because it's easy to get frustrated with truck drivers and and um, take for granted that they can maneuver their vehicle right. like we do our cars. Yeah stopping times and distances and things and that's just not the case man yeah and, uh, you just, that, that would be valuable yeah I, there's a, a video that's rolling through the algorithm fed me on my linkedin <laughs> right. account um it's about tmas truck mounted attenuators and it's a an overseas video but it's like uh what is that truck mounted attenuator yeah. so you think like the flashing lights like hey there's road work the, like the diamond flashing lights, mm-hmm. if they're on the back of a vehicle, like a trailer, um, that would be a, a truck-mounted okay. attenuator. It's essentially a buffer. Okay. But they have, you know, a few videos of how it started, and then these vehicles, emergency vehicles, and they're just getting smashed into on the roadways. And then they show, it's a sales pitch, right, to their TMA, which is basically like a big shock. So they slam into that. The vehicle doesn't move hardly at all, but that absorbs all of the impact of that car. Okay. So, Interesting. Um, you know, that we see that those are underutilized. Um, traffic control. Mm-hmm. I've been only to one ATSA training, and so my understanding of traffic control is limited. I've never worked in the space. Oh, mine. You know, we write totally business ignorant. for that, but mm-hmm. you don't have to have gone to very many classes to understand what traffic control should look like and how often I drive around and see, like, just atrocious. Yes. And, like, people are out there working, like, and the utilities districts are the worst. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but they just <laughs> I can Im- imagine, you yes. know, it's I'm free. Nobody's going to hurt yeah, me. Nobody you know? has real jurisdiction. Yeah, nobody's going to drop a hammer on my head. Right. right. Like, so they're, they're bad. Right. And then that trickle down effect similar, you know, translated into trenching and excavation. Right. Well, if you're not doing it, why do I have to do it? Exactly. And if my bid doesn't include, a trench box and the time and the energy and the monies for that but yours does so mine's going to be substantially less time investment dollar investment who are they going to go with Mm -hmm. the faster cheaper no doubt until there's a standard across the board that everybody's going to abide by hey we're going to include safe protections for our employees so there and then the utilities wise traffic control build out you know, slowing vehicles down because what's everybody doing? Mm-hmm. They're on their phone. They're putting their makeup on. Mm-hmm. 
reading the books, the newspapers. I mean, you see it all. It is remarkable, yeah, how distracted drivers are. And I find myself distracted occasionally. I will take phone calls in the car, probably shouldn't, but it's truly the only downtime I have. So if someone wants to speak with me, it's generally when I'm driving from one place to another. And, right. you know, I do the hands-free thing, but you're distracted nonetheless, you know. I mean, it's Yeah, I would difficult. much rather somebody take a phone call than a text message. Yeah. Right? Because no you're, down, you're down looking at that and, you know. The studies, For long periods of time. The studies are showing that, you know, that's just as bad or worse than drunk driving. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so that's un- terrifying. Until that tips and, you know, phones are strictly only ran through you know, the speakers and the, to text to talk that way, people are going to do it, right? We're yeah. never going to take that I know. out of the people. I know, which is why I just, I almost, I just hate driving. It's scary. It is scary to me. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about my skill set driving. Right. Right. I know what my vehicles are capable of doing. You know, we were talking about tires earlier, mm-hmm. you know, I got tires on my little SUV now that people would run for a couple more years. But I'm going to get rid of them because mm-hmm. I want a little bit more aggressive tire Absolutely. for the winter. Right. But you see, and you just walk through any parking lot and you just look at people's tires and then you look at the brake dust on their front <laughs> oh wheels God. and it's just like. <laughs> they're not fit for the road and yet oh, they're going to be out there. Yeah. And we're coming up. Changing lanes. Coming up into for, yeah. the winter and it's ice. It's going to be rough, and, man. So that's what scares me. That's an me. interesting comment. I have never done that, but now I'm going to be obsessed with that, looking at tires yeah. in the parking lot. I think that, you know, because DOT, right, they have to have a certain tread depth. Right. Um, I think that in order to get, and some people don't pay for insurance and, you know, annually like they're supposed to, but I think annually for sure you should have to get your vehicle inspected. At least road worthiness. Yep. What do your tires tires, look like? What do your brakes look like? Those kind of things. And that dictates getting tags on your car to Mm. be able to operate. Right. And I think if we. I don't disagree. You know, in the bigger cities, they've got like the fast passes that you Mm -hmm, put in the car mm -hmm. and you go, instead of paying the tolls, you just get charged. I think we tie something like that back to that and we just put them on the roadways. I like that idea. They come out and they say hi to you if you're out yeah. of compliance. I, I would love to see about half as many. I, I don't know if it would stop people from driving if they didn't have a license. I know that there are some people that probably wouldn't and others that would regardless and others that are driving without, you know, licenses. But there are just way too many licenses out there. I, I think I could go further, but I would alienate a lot of listeners if I actually (laughs) said what I really believe about some of these things. You know, I think it's well. I think misinterpreted to some degree. I think conversely, right? If we tie that back to our space, right? The the ten hour cards Mm -hmm. are boggling to me, right? Mm -hmm. I I think the concept of everybody having one is great, Mm -hmm. except for here's the kicker: I have a ten hour card. I got a 10-hour card because somebody told me I needed one to get on to the data center jobs. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I teach the class. I right. don't I'm think, an authorized trainer. I don't think I need a card. Right. Well, you do. And I'm like, well. <laughs> Instead of verifying, I for giggles, I took an mm-hmm. online. Okay. How was that? Awful. Was it? I was watched Monday Night Football. One, because I teach the class. I mm-hmm. know the material. Mm-hmm. But... If I didn't, I could still do that. 
right? And when it prompts you to answer a question, you just get into your phone and look it up on the internet and you answer the question and you move on and you just click through it. Yeah. You know, and the computer reads to you in this monotone, like flat, you know, and I'm sure there's <laughs> other, other online ones that are probably better than I the one that I took, but I doubt it. So I don't think that having a card is end all be all. I think it's great. Um, I think that the more important question is where and who, mm-hmm. right? Because we, mm-hmm. we both know Chris is a great instructor. Sure, absolutely. Right? One of the best. And yeah. in safety, that can make or break the class, the Without instructor, question. right? So every 10-hour class is going to be different based off of the instructor. No doubt. If, you know, the, the content's going to be different if you take what's given to you and you make it better. If you just take what's given to you, that's canned and and trash. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. yeah, they're horrible. You know, it's those old. If if you just take what's given to you and you don't modify it, those classes are going to be awful. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting because I think the agency um, when they first started these authorized um, classes or the you know the outreach classes, the general industry and construction, it was certainly well intended, and it actually seemed good, but I think people misinterpret what that actually means, mm-hmm. much like what you're saying. You've got a 10-hour card, and so therefore you must, you know, have some useful safety knowledge, but yeah, the online thing has really diminished that, and that has become the, okay, I need a 10-hour class to get on this site yep. by Monday, uh-huh. Saturday afternoon. I can do the online, 59 bucks or 69 bucks. Bang, 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 I've got my card or I've got some, you know, proof of completion. As long as you do it correctly. Because if you accidentally don't log out like I did, it'll lock you out of the system. Because <laughs> it, it thinks you're working when you're not trans, like you're not going forward. Right. So I just left it, you know, lo- logged me out overnight and it thought I was working. So it, it will structure it for content. Like you can only go seven and a half hours like you're supposed no to. No kidding. At least the one that I did, right? Oh, and yeah, then well, it'll, it it'll stop you, right? <clears throat> I mean, that's the rule but yeah that the convenience factor of only having one or two guys do the online one i get that right and the cost the cost yeah you know i mean you you take a face-to-face class and it's it has to be more expensive i mean it's venues don't they don't give those away that's right yeah no doubt so but as you i I was always of the impression that if someone took a 10-hour class and they left with two or three just little bits of information that they weren't aware of prior, that was a success. We're better off than we were. Absolutely. But I never expect anybody to walk out of there with 10 hours worth of knowledge and information. No, absolutely That's absurd. Yeah. You know? They're never going to, right? Never. You take, you know, they're construction guys, right? And sometimes I hand out critique forms, sometimes I don't, depending. Um, One of them was have it be ten like a 10-hour class. And you know, it's like, well, that's that's contact time, 10 hours, not mm-hmm. breaks and lunch right. and, you know, sidebars and things like that. Exactly. So, you know, I like to make mine almost two full days. I would agree. You almost have to to make Just, it. Just uh, you got to give those guys breaks because mm-hmm. if, you know, and I'm speaking predominantly construction, mm-hmm. right? The manufacturing folks are a little bit different. But the breed of people that's on their feet, swinging hammers, doing stuff, moving around, you put them in a chair for an all-day class, they're going to, their eyes start it's to nap get, time. They get heavy. Right. If I'm sitting, I'm sleeping. Yeah, which I used to take offensive personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
as historically, right, where I grew up, you'd get kicked out of your chair, right? I'd come up <laughs> right. and Spartan kick you out of your chair. Right. I uh, can't do that in the in the regular world. You just got to right. talk louder, or right. direct a question to them, right? Get yeah. them. All right, maybe it was time to take a break. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't feed these guys through a fire hose and expect them to retain any information. I know, man. And yeah, and that's so interesting because I used to have the same feeling that these guys are sleeping and I used to get angry. Well, I'm not teaching these guys then if they're not going to be paying attention and respectful right. or whatever until I realized that these guys don't sit. You know, if they're sitting, it's because they're at home drinking a beer, watching a game right. or whatever at their kids' sport. But yeah, not, not during the work day. They don't sit during the work right. day. And so it's a lot to ask. Of, and, you know, we've been talking a lot more about it recently, just like the venue and the creature comforts that you provide for training. We've been doing, Chris and I have been doing a lot of training recently. I was just down at um, a large general contractor in Omaha mm-hmm. downtown. They have a really beautiful training facility. They had refreshments for the guys. It's still painful for the guys to oh, yeah. sit there for hours on end. Yep. But at least, you know, those comforts were really nice. I can remember, and as do you, you know, you do training in a warehouse with guys sitting on paint buckets around the circle or they're sitting on bags of ready mix or whatever. Yeah. And that is training. And you can't expect anybody to learn anything that way. So I do think we've at least evolved. A lot of companies realize that. If we're going to do this, why don't we get something out of it? Yeah. That's changed that's quite hope, a bit. Right. But, man, it's rough. And I, I don't think people appreciate how difficult that is. Yeah. It's it's interesting, you know, when you, you get the, you know, sometimes I do and it's all one company. Sometimes I do it and it's a, a mixed bag, right? You guys do, you guys do open enrollment stuff very yeah. nice for all your yeah. clients. And yeah. Nice. So I'll do, you know, my, my number is five. Right, my minimum's minimum is five. Yeah, yeah. Should be. Um, but so I, I do it both ways, um, and I try to tailor to them. Right, so I do the same thing Chris does. Right, go around, introduce yourself, yeah. tell me what you do for fun. Right, that so tells I you can, a lot about a person. So I can try to tie everything back into what they do for fun. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and everybody does something for fun. Right, right. whether that's all you do is sit and watch football and drink beer, and that's your fun. Then that then that's your yeah. fun. And you can circle most everything back to that and how it, this particular topic impacts that. Yeah, I like that. So one of the things that I like to do in the PPE portion, and mine's pretty heavy, right? It's because I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. My friends called me GQ uh, in the Marine Corps because I bought all my own stuff because mm-hmm. it's better, it's faster, it's mm-hmm. cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, and same same in, the, in my space now, mm-hmm. right? So glasses, hard hat, like mm-hmm. all those things. Like I'm, I'm Rather buying, than just the buying basic end. compliant yeah. minimum. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm passionate I about that, that kind of stuff because yeah. I'm a gear guy, right? Mm-hmm. So that the PPE section for me is, is pretty heavy. I like that. Um, but one of the things that I do is I have safety glasses and I paint half of it black. So it's blacked out. I said, oh, good, Doug, you don't want to wear your safety glasses today? Here, put this on. Mm-hmm. You know, the world's built around right-handed people because that's the right way to do things is be right-handed. Mm-hmm. I'm in, yeah. <laughs> so I, I paint the right eye because most people are right-eye dominant. Mm-hmm. I am. So you do that, and then you walk around, and it's kind of goofy, right? So you just hang out. You don't have to do it for very long, but it gets the point across of, like, hey, wear your glasses. Wow. 
yeah, what life would be like yeah. if you, you know, sustain an eye injury or damage or right. worse. Yeah. And it, that's an interesting way to do. I like that. Man. You get one set, you know, yeah, I like that. Very good. And so when you say PPE heavy, you have a lot of examples. You're bringing yep. stuff in. They're getting hands-on yeah. stuff. and All the above. Yeah, I got a awesome. table full. Good right? for you. So I'm going, still staying in the, the theme. I've got mm-hmm. packouts on top of packouts because Milwaukee's on their game. Mm-hmm. Right? So I just got tons. So I wheel these things into the class and spread it out over the table. And I, wa- I pass everything around except my actual hard hat. Mm-hmm. Well, because I do the helmet. Mm-hmm. And I've got the lens on it, and I don't want everybody's greasy fingers, <laughs> right. finger in my lens. No doubt. So man. that's the only one that I don't pass around. But everything yeah. else, I, I pass around, have them try it on, you know, and and kind of show. Okay, so your daily is, wear, your everyday wear, you wear the helmet mm-hmm. rather yep. than a hard hat. I wear the helmet, and it's yeah. got a lens. Yep, I aftermarket the lens from the manufacturer. Okay, but, very cool. So, um, you know, blue eyes are not favorable to the sun so right. I'm, I'm always wearing glasses like shade yep so whether that's the amber tint which mm-hmm. is that's my safety glass color mm-hmm. of choice but i'll wear that driving because the light mm-hmm. will affect me mm-hmm. i'm always wearing sunglasses mm-hmm. so i just got it's mirrored because mirror is cool um mm-hmm. so i just when i'm outside in the sun i can Very flip cool, that man. down i was just talking about that with some construction guys just the other day the new the new helmet style and the gentleman, Andy, who was on the program from PIP mm-hmm. not too long ago, sent me one just as a trial. Yeah. It looks just like my son's, like, skateboarding helmet. Sure. You know, it has that yep. back-of-the-head protection. Right. It fits better. It's a little bit more snug. It has the chin strap. It doesn't come off. And it yep. wouldn't just get knocked off if you happen to fall. Big advocate for those. I like that a lot. I think everybody should go there. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm not sure that... There's any real comparison between that and the standard hard hat that you lean over and it falls off. Right. You know, it's, you know, a high-end car to a, a pedal bike, right? Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no comparison. Yeah. You know, and, and so one of the things that I do is I'll show them, like, okay, here are these helmets. This is a type 1, right? What is type 1? And I'll draw it on the whiteboard so we can remember type 1. I use the Roman numeral 1, and that's and then I put the arrow in there straight down. Mm-hmm. And then type two, Roman numeral number two, and then I do straight down and then over, right? So you get the top mm-hmm. and the side impacts. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I spend a lot of time talking about that. I love I visuals think it's, like that, it's important. I think guys appreciate and understand those that relate to those. Yeah. That's it, very good, man. You know, and the argument's always like, oh, this is a hundred and whatever dollar hard hat. Well, yeah, you're right. You know, my hard hat's 140 bucks, and then you put a $75 lens on it. You know, we're not, we're not talking cheap, right? Yeah, so that's for my brain, right? Yeah, There's a lot every, of black holes up there already. I don't need <laughs> any more. Right. I mean, no <clears throat> doubt. 200 bucks doesn't seem like a huge investment for... For your brain. Every day you're going to be using this certainly mm-hmm. daily and yeah, no so, doubt. You know, it's always $20 for the your cheap one or $200 for a good one. But you're going to go, you'll go to the boot store and spend $200 on a pair of whatever mm-hmm. kind of shoes you want. Yeah. No doubt, and not good footwear for work. You that just dropped thirty five hundred bucks on a shotgun, right? You know, yeah, I, I totally agree. So PPE, what, what other? Do you have other areas, other subject matter that you really feel strongly about, or that you feel like mm-hmm. that you enjoy? I do, yeah. So PPE, I spend a lot of time on that, and then fall protection, I spend a lot of time on that. 
Excellent. And nice. I, I don't think that I created this, so I'll, I'll let everyone, because there's no secrets in safety, mm-hmm. right? So I despise six-foot shock absorbers. Mm-hmm. Right? The lanyards, the old-style yep. lanyards. Yep. Yeah, totally why why do we have them? Because that's what the stores stock. Yeah. And, and then we look at the dollar value, right? Yeah. They're the cheapest. Yeah. That's why we have them. So absolutely... My, I tell people they have two places, right? One on the shelf because we never bought it, or two <laughs> if we bought it in the trash because that's what it is, right. trash. That's what it's about worth, yeah. So I, I bought just some cheap rope from hardware store, and I cut it, right, 18 feet. That's how far you're going to fall? Yeah, and I say grab the end, just start walking. Mm-hmm. Oh, keep walking. <laughs> keep walking, yeah. right? And then I'm like, so this is this. And I show them. No doubt. And it helps. Oh, yeah, that's... That's a great right? visual, man. Excellent. Because you see guys in that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not even going to get tight before you hit the ground. Oh, no, man. I see these guys. And, you know, I mean, um, a lot of people are requiring fall protection in scissor lifts now. These are company policies, or I think even some of the manufacturers are showing fall protection being utilized in their lifts on their on their materials. Sure. And so people have adopted this, or maybe it's a knee-jerk reaction to catching somebody standing on a mid-rail or something. And so they've got a six-foot lanyard mm-hmm. that might be anchored at a an anchor point at a mid-rail level or something. And they're Four, you know, four six feet off the ground, and I don't think it would even engage. It wouldn't even get tight before they hit the ground. Right. I think it causes a lot of. It's very cumbersome to work with. So, I think if you're going to commit to that, then you maybe need to reevaluate the equipment. Yeah, I you think. know. And so, there's been some changes to like the retractables and things recently. I know there are retractables that are specifically intended to be anchored overhead mm-hmm. versus those that can be anchored at lower levels or right. waist level or something. I am by no means an expert on fall protection yeah, and or I think, anything. You know, it's great that we're making and we have those differences, you know, but if we can take the the allowing you to make that decision out of it and only make it, you know, where it can be D-ring and below, because if you put it above, it's going to perform just as it, you would think, right? Yeah. So if we can, you know, and all leading edge, right? I tell mm-hmm. guys, if you're going to buy it, buy it. Buy leading edge because at some way, shape, or form, whether you know it or not, you're going to be exposed to a leading edge, right? And and that radius is going to mm-hmm. be sharp enough, and it's going to cut it, right? And just because you have a cable doesn't mean that you're okay, mm-hmm. right? So if we can just buy the best, and I get it, right? It, buy once, cry once is my motto. Mm-hmm. But you know it, <laughs> it's it, that's too, it's it's hard when you yeah. got you know you got to outfit ten guys and no you doubt. know you get them into a you know an, a six foot SRL and they're five hundred dollars a piece yeah versus you know a hundred dollar six foot shock absorber which yeah. way are they going to go especially if they're entry level you know and I know man some of the there's one guy I sat in on an orientation on a job site once and on his safety glasses he had cellophane or plastic wrap. I knew why, right? He was a drywall guy, so for dust or maybe he was a painter, but I knew why he had it on there. And I said, ask that guy why he's got that on there. Because uh, glasses are expensive. Mm-hmm. So what's that tell you? Mm-hmm. 
He's buying those. Right. His employer's not. Yeah. And I think that that might be a theme. Yeah. So once we get that figured out, then we can start. I do think you're, I think you're right on the money, though, man. I think when, we, when there are too many choices to be made, too many options, it gets too confusing. I, I don't really love that. I think, you know, my friend Mark Damon, who was on a while ago talking about fall protection, he is an advocate for, you know, if you're going to have, as you should, competent persons, then really train them up, you know. Really train up your competent persons and take some of the, you know, decision-making out of the hands of the user. Right. You know, but just here's what, you, we, here's what we use and here's when we use it, here's how we use it. You don't need to make a bunch of decisions. And if you have questions... Then go to the competent person, because I don't think we train the competent persons enough, and I think we put too much on the employees to make a bunch of decisions about selection and use, and I think that's an imbalance, you know? Yeah. Maybe it should be the other way. Yeah, if, we, if they can't make the decision, if it's already been made for them, that's going to help us, At right? least eliminate some of the choices. I remember, I see people out in the... Do you have any children? I do. I have three. Three children? Yep. I see people out in the world... At a restaurant or whatever, they got their three-year-old at you know at the table, and what do you want to eat, Johnny? And they open up the menu, and John, you know, Johnny's looking at the pictures, and I'm like, just give them two choices. Yeah, you get right? two. You, get you want two the shots. macaroni, or you want the you know the, the chicken strips or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, why are you giving this three-year-old forty choices? It's going to be a shit show. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to like minimize the intellect of our employees but they got a lot on their minds so yeah and that you know depending on the culture and the the mental state right and that's a whole nother aspect of it right but some days they might make better decisions than others without question you know and some ah it just slows me down i've been doing it this way for mm-hmm. 40 years and, mm-hmm. you know all of the excuses right so if we just it's this way and that's what it is i think we'd be better off yeah, someone someone said to me, uh, "Make the right choice the easy choice." A couple of years ago or something, some a safety person in town said that. I, if we can do that, I think we've really accomplished something. You know, if you you can make the choice that you want your employees to make the easy choice, right? Rather than the difficult one, you know, I think we've really gained something there because yeah. I see that a lot. I, you know, why didn't you fill in the blank? Well, because it's inconvenient you know this was faster this was easier this is more comfortable whatever you know that's a constant struggle and you you touched on something that i think is really astute that most people don't really every day is different you can't assume that every day is going to be the same the conditions the attitude the mindset all of that stuff is different every day and we have to understand that our employees are not they don't have like you know, that machine... Yeah, we're not robots. ...characteristic, right? right? Yeah. It's you know, interesting. You know, you might come to work the same every day, but the people that you're working next to may or may not, right? And then we, you know, with regular headspace, um, arguments they had at home, you know, and then you start add, adding chemical substances in the mm-hmm, mix and, mm-hmm. you know, all of the... Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people, I say, you don't know that guy from Joe down the street, Right. If he's not part of your team or, you know, an employee that is part of your company, you don't know them. You don't know how long they've been swinging that hammer or shooting that, you know, that hilty gun or whatever the case is. You have no idea. 
<laughs> you might as well you might as well treat them that they're you know like they're a day one employee. Yeah, and that way you can you know remove yourself from that equation and hopefully not become a statistic. Right. I would agree. Yeah, I think I think you have to to some degree, unless you've been working in a crew of people that you've known for years. Which is great, right, internally. Well, those are ideal. But then you start getting a bunch of different subcontractors and, you know, safety's priority until we're behind schedule, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, do you do then, a lot of multi-employer workplace type activities? I mean, is, you're a lot of your clients are then subs and you're out on these multi-employer sites. I do sites. all of the above, yeah. So we write a fair amount of GCs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll do stuff for them. I'll do stuff mm-hmm. for the subs, um, you know, and obviously there's overlap there as well. And I don't do a lot of construction in my world, man. I'm kind of becoming just an industry. There's so much to know. I mean, between construction, general industry, the you know the industrial hygiene stuff mm-hmm. I do occasionally, it's too much for me. So I don't do construction. Are you seeing an improvement in those multi-employer settings? Are general contractors holding subs? I mean, I know there are a few that are, have always been pretty stringent, but is that improving? A little bit, yeah. And Slow. it's, you know, it's always the conversation, right? I know it's not you, it's the subs. And mm-hmm. it's that conversation with the insurance carriers as well, mm-hmm. right? But, um, you know, doing the audits and having the conversations with the subcontractors and, you know, it's always with the employee, right, at, at that level. It's never with the people that make the decisions. But if we can build that in on the front end, right, you know, the data centers are doing a, a decent job at some of those things, mm-hmm. Um you can't even walk wrong on one of those sites and you get in trouble, I feel like, right? These guys are still getting hurt. I don't go on right? da- data. You got a 10-hour card. Sites, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a 10-hour card now that you mentioned it. <laughs> and yeah. I'm no longer an authorized trainer, yeah. so I couldn't get on one even yeah. if I wanted to. But talk so, about those. You've been on those sites? I've been on one, I think, twice. Okay. Um, it's a it, different world, it sounds it's, like. It's a different world. I, I've i not worked on them. I've only, I think I'm at only one time, mm-hmm. right? I just know and mm-hmm. I've heard things. And, I've heard things. You know, the the cut level for the gloves and the hard hats, which I'm on board with the hard hats, the glove thing. I There's a valid argument there um, that we could talk about till we're blue in the face, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the ladders last, which there's lots of problems with ladders. I get it. They're making guys tie off on four feet tie off on a ladder, all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff, right? I, I get they're trying to be and set that precedence, which is kind of where I was going with this, which is good, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to help the subcontractors local because hopefully they carry that over to everywhere else that's not quite as stringent, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Where it's, hopefully it travels. You know, it's if they bring that across instead of, oh, finally, we don't have to do this, then it's not going to do us any good, yeah. right? You know, Right, exactly. Um, oh, finally, I'm in the country. I can take my seatbelt off. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, like, okay, that yes. doesn't make any sense. But right? I think they're, they're, that's kind of a human nature thing, that regression. You know, we tend to regress to whatever level is expected. So if I'm working on that job site, mm-hmm. I'm in town here on the data center and Right. They are expecting me to tie off when I'm on a ladder or, you know, if I step on up on a step or something, I'm tied off. And, man, I get out to, you know, I'm out in Bankelman. Freedom. Freedom. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think people will be as safe as they feel they need to be mm-hmm. rather than to the level that they're being held to on those, in those situations. Yeah. That's, somewhat na- that's a hard thing to overcome. It is. And you really have to get in the headspace and, like, this is why we don't do those things. Mm-hmm. And I think photos and videos help us do mm-hmm. that. 
until somebody's been directly impacted, right? Until you know somebody. Oh, that's an interesting you know, point. Yeah. Then you know, oh, it's fine, right? You think about the I can't think of what his name is, but his speech deal is the in jam. It's not just about me. Mm-hmm. He came and did a talk at the Embassy Suites a few years okay. ago. Um, but Cliff Notes version, him and his boy, they were going bird hunting down in Texas. Blaze Orange not a requirement. Yeah. Wasn't wearing Blaze Orange. They were making fun of the city boys that had the Blaze Orange on. Right. His son ends up shooting him in the face. Yeah. Right? So I've, now he's I've blind. Yeah. Um, and now... You know, so for not having had on blaze orange or having had safety, safety glasses, glasses on, which he talked about wearing all the time when he was at work, yeah, and right. doesn't carry it, and then leaves, goes home, and doesn't do it, right? You know, and That's, I try to make a point when I tell people, I say, you know, the things that I'm talking about today apply at work for sure, right? But I want you to take them home. Thank you. Thank apply you for this doing that. Yeah. in your, you know, your your everyday life, right? So. I've recently started writing articles and posting them on my LinkedIn, and right now I'm doing a three-part series on holiday safety. Mm-hmm. I'll look for it. That's fantastic. Yeah, the last one drops next Monday. Okay. So the 13th, that the third one will drop, and then I'll re I'll repost them again so they're back at the top of everybody's feed. But we can go on your LinkedIn page and then find them. Yep. What you've posted under recently. the articles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, some of that stuff, you know, it's geared for home life, but safety's everywhere i totally right? agree you gotta you gotta have it at work you gotta have it at home whatever we can do yeah. to get these people to to think about uh, what is this gonna look like right and i always I'm like you want your you want your son or daughter to do what you're doing would you let them do that would you let them work at your company <laughs> oh, right? that's a great question you know and if the answer right. is no why mm-hmm. right well, they need training. Okay, good. Let's get better training. Mm-hmm. Right, let's get more training. Drives me nuts when people want to train after hours or on the weekend. We're not. You're not making time for safety at that point. Right. Right. It's all lip service. <clears throat> no, no shit. No, We're no, checking no. the box to be compliant. Great comment. Right. So yeah. you, you got to make it a focal point. We get so we get that buy-in, we, and we've got to. Well, employees know. I mean, if we don't have time for safety or we don't have time for training or it gets canceled every week because something came up, mm-hmm. they understand where it falls in the priority chain, you know, or yeah. as far as a value, if you want to use that terminology. But, you know, and I know why people go to work, right? The same reason I go to work every day because mm-hmm. I want a bigger bank account, mm-hmm. right? We need money. You got a family. You got to take care of it. You got responsibilities. Yeah. We got to have income. And yeah. as a business, I get we got to make money, right? Mm-hmm. But we also have to pay attention and. You know, nobody's going to take money faster than an injured employee. No doubt. Right? <laughs> you look no at doubt. some of those claim costs and... Interesting, yes. You know, safety is years, right? You start talking mod rates and premium increases mm-hmm. and employee morale and training and retraining. We can't find employees now. Yeah. So marketing and retention and, you know, we can talk about it for... Mm-hmm. Eons, but if but those gotta, are things that are important when you're trying to, uh, to to make your case with, you know, the C-suite folks. Yeah. Th- that's what that's the language they speak. Yeah, you got to talk dollars and cents to the mm-hmm. C-suite because yeah. that's what they understand. Right, right. You know, okay, we need to spend more money to pay our employees because, right, or we need to spend money on this item, right? Better fall protection, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. We need to allocate and pay people to go through this training because it's important 
so they don't get injured, so they come mm-hmm. back to work. You know, and then you try to tie it dollars and cents to the employee, so they better understand. You know, do do easy math, right? So you make your hundred dollars a week, right? And you get injured, you get your percentage. What does it look like? Not great. Mm-hmm. You got your cool off period of seven days in the state of Nebraska before you get paid, right? Okay, yeah. And then you reduce your regular base pay. Let's call what, it two half or something, yeah. or half. Okay. I don't know the actual percentage, mm-hmm. like forty like percent yeah. or something, right? So just call it half. You're gonna feed your family on that. Yeah. No. no. Right? No. And then, you know, return to work, we start talking about that. And the longer people are away, the more it's going to cost you, one. And that, you know, after seven days, it, it goes into your mod calculation. And your mod calculation goes into your premium price. Mm-hmm. So after a week, you start paying more money, years, mm-hmm. right, for insurance premiums. You know, so we just talk dollars and cents, you know, hey, employee, you're not going to get paid if you get hurt. Can you afford to live? Yes or no. And then, hey, C-suite, this is what it looks like. Right. You know, safety doesn't generate revenue. It it takes it and it can take it really, really fast. Yeah. So if we don't allocate time for good training, right, I don't care about your programs. That's compliance, right? I agree. Two sides of safety. Compliance. Mm -hmm. And keeping your people safe, safe. Totally agree. Right? Yeah. So if we spend more time keeping our people safe and, you know, I get having the programs and all this stuff, right? It's can't have one without the other. But that's not but, where you need to spend your time, really. Right. I mean, that can be done. You the know? the weight needs to be on keeping mm-hmm. my guys and gals safe. Agreed. I totally agree. I think that's lost on a lot. Of, I think that this obsession with compliance, I think, is a problem, actually, mm-hmm. rather than a solution, unfortunately. I think so. And that, that's something that I've talked about before, man. I mean, you, you have to be, we, ha- we want to be compliant, of course, and that compliance mindset has a place, I suppose, but I don't want my focus on compliance. I think you're missing the forest for the trees or whatever the appropriate. Well, and then you, you start talking compliance, and that's a whole other argument, right? Because the only thing compliance that's black and white is the, the paper and the ink. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. else is... LOIs and you know how right. is safety so subjective, right? It how is do we look at incredibly it? Incredibly subjective. So being compliant, right? What is compliant to you? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends, right? Oh, it's a technical term, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's what does that mean to you? Well, it's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I get it, right? It's important for us to do that, but I think too many, too often. Folks are spending more time trying to be what they consider compliant and checking the box. Right. Or not. It's a little easier, frankly. Um, I think just and, to go through a checklist. Yeah. And then you 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 know, you look at the the rail car fatality a few years ago here in town where we were we we backfilled some boxes, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're paying the price for that. Um you know, and, and inspection sheets get pencil whipped all the time. You know, mm-hmm. you think powered industrial trucks, right? Oh, yep, good, 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 good. Let's go. We got to move this pallet, right? <laughs> right, right. Instead yes. of taking, you know, 30 seconds to look yeah. at your lift, right? Because that's all it takes. You walk around it. You know what you're looking for. If it's obvious, it's going to jump out at you. Yeah. You run your controls real fast, and here we go, right? Yeah. And then you can good, 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 and then let's mm-hmm. go, right? And then, you know one of the things that I like to, to pick on for forklifts in general, right, is PSI. How many guys have 
gauges on the truck. Mm-hmm. You know how many I've seen? I was just zero. I was just going to say that. I was just thinking, man, I, I can't remember the last time. But that, that directly ties back into how much I can lift, how that lift is supposed to perform. Right. Well, if my gauge is in my truck or in the maintenance tool crib all the way across the job site or the plant, mm-hmm. people are one one word, and they will be, and they have been, and that will never change and that's lazy. <laughs> right? Right? I'm going to take the path of least resistance. Least resistance, certainly, yeah. And I'm either going to drive the lift to go get it, if you do, so good for you if you do that. <laughs> right. But definitely not going to walk and go get it. No. Low probability that we do that, so. That's absolutely true. But it's just, that's one thing I always like to hit on for forklifts is air pressure, right? Yeah, do you have you any know, idea? Handlers. Some of them are 90. I don't know, right? They're all different. Mm-hmm. But... You know, and that rubber on those tires is, you know, thicker than your car. You know, you look at your car, and even depending on what type of tire you have on your car, your old tires on your car, you could, you would, it'll be easier for you to have tell if they were low mm-hmm. versus your new ones, mm-hmm. just because they they're different. That's true. That is so true. the tires on those things are, you know, they're they're thick rubber, so it's going to be less likely that you can visually see that. Right. That's interesting so, comment, man. Frankly, that's something that I don't focus on very closely, and I should. That's a very interesting comment. Good for you. You're kind of wise beyond your years, man. <laughs> I told you, you got a lot of miles, Doug. <laughs> that's fantastic. Ezra, this is fantastic, man. I, I'm so glad that you can join me. I have a question or two just about for you. Yeah. Is Ezra a family name, or how, how did that come to be? I think my mom just pulled it out of a hat. Okay. Because you may be only. the only Ezra that I've ever met. I can count on one hand how many I've met. Really? Mm -hmm. And I've been a lot of places. Are they all family? No. No, I've been a lot of places and I've done a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. So um, in all of my travels, I've only met four or five. Really? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. It is an interesting name. It sounds like a, is it a biblical name perhaps? It is, yeah. So it's, you know, everybody's got a more common name. Not everybody, but a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, how many Dugs have you run into? A lot. Yeah, there's quite a few dubs out there. So when you hear your name spoke, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, but for me, when I hear it. Yeah, no doubt. Who's talking Who to me? Who is, do I know? And they're it, talking to, you know, the one was a little boy outside of a, a coffee shop. They named their kid Ezra. And I'm like, it's so weird. And then there's a pastor at my church and that is at one of the. Not the church that I go to, but the other one of mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. Pastor Ezra. So when I hear that name, um, it's it's different. It's weird. Yes, absolutely. To hear my name spoke and not directed to me. Right. I'll just because I've is. met so few. Yeah. Right. And Schlecht is that a German? German. Name? Yep. It sounds very German. Yep. Very it means, cool. It means bad. Does it? So when yeah, when you get to my bad name, isn't not good or bad isn't like badass or well, let's call it badass. Right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so when my name would get called in a roster, you know, in school, in the Marine Corps, they'd get to my name, whether it was started my first or my last, right? And they'd get to where I, and you know where you're at. Mm-hmm. And they, they get this look on their face. You're like, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to pronounce it, yeah. reading it, getting yeah. ready to. That's yeah, one hilarious. of my drill instructors yeah. called me Shrek because he couldn't say it. So <laughs> Of course. <laughs> the path of least resistance. Yeah, that's right. Just lazy. Yeah. And then... What will you? What do you do in your free time? That's a question we ask all of our students when we do training. Yeah. What do you enjoy doing? I mean, obviously with three children. Yep. So I've a lot got, of your time is that's that's my time now, family. right? Um, so I got a four year old, two and a half year old, and a four month old. 
Okay, man. Say no more. Yeah, so I'm busy doing that, but yeah. um, I like to hunt, fish, camp, do anything mm-hmm. outside. Outdoor That's kinda, stuff. Kind of what that, I'm after. Those were all, it sounds like those were your passions before Yeah, I like to be outside and do that kind of stuff. Good right? for big, you, man. Big, not as big anymore, but I used to be big into shooting. Um, I've since kind of got more into archery. Nice. Um, Very it's, cool. It's... It's a it's a form of therapy. It's and it's and very zen. It seems like yeah. Man. And there's so many rabbit holes you can run down and mm-hmm. change and do different. And but when you shoot, that's all you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're gonna shoot decent or good, like that's all you can think about. Mm-hmm. And you just and then you so, hunt with a bow, mm-hmm. bow hunt. Yeah, it's I, very therapeutic to, it to shoot your bow. I would love. You know, I am a grown man. I'm an old man. I don't have a lot of hobbies. Shooting a bow has an appeal. I don't know if it's like some kind of primitive, instinctive mm-hmm. thing about shooting a bow that would be, but I, I see people that shoot bows, listen to Joe Rogan talk about it occasionally on his yeah. podcast and stuff, and uh, it sounds like it would be incredibly therapeutic. It is. It's, it's a great it form of therapy. I that I would enjoy. Right, so, yeah. you know, and uh, the Black Rifle guys, um, mm-hmm. John Dudley, Joe Rogan, they all do a really good job at, like, pushing that for mm-hmm. veterans. So if you're listening to this and you are a veteran and you don't shoot a bow, you should shoot a bow. Pick it up. You, mm-hmm. you should. Matthews should endorse me. So if they listen to this, mm-hmm. holler at your boy. Matthews um, is the, it's a the brand. manufacturer yep. of the bow that you shoot? Yep, because I shoot at Matthews, right? Good, man. So, Let's um, get you some sponsorships. That's right. But if you if you don't, you should because um, it's, it's a great form of mental therapy. I love it. Yeah. Very good. Thank you again, man. Absolutely. I'm really glad it interesting. Out. And I hope we get to spend more time together. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. So it's great. Um, veterans, thank you so much. Everybody enjoy Veterans Day tomorrow. You know, be grateful. If you happen to encounter a veteran, be thankful. But I hope everyone has a good day, enjoys the weekend. Um, and we will talk to you next Friday. I think one thing before we, we cut out, please. everybody's, you know, thank you for your service, which I do mean that. But more importantly, I want to thank everybody for their sacrifice. Because I think that's more more important, right? Because um, they sacrificed a lot to go do that, right? Because it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they gave up a lot, um, you know, home life, you know, kids, all that stuff. So thank you guys for your sacrifice. Career, you put a lot on hold. You put a lot on hold. I appreciate that's a great comment. Very good. Thank you, Ezra. You bet. Enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dylan. Guys. Appreciate it, man. Have a good weekend. See ya. Talk to you guys next week. A Huda Media Production.